Sota Daf Mem Gimel Beis, realizing your vision meikara betorat gezela. The vision and opportunism are, are very different. So in business, you've got entrepreneurs and you've got traders. Traders see an opportunity, they take the opportunity, they uh, they exploit the opportunity, and then move on to looking for the next opportunity. That's how a trader works. An entrepreneur starts with a vision, with an, a, a vision of solving a world problem, and then plans how to do that and, and, and builds an organization to be able to do that and designs the technology uh, and then executes on that vision and ultimately realizes the vision. It's a long process. And in, in vision, there is a flow, there's an energy, there's a driving force when you have an, uh, a vision which when interrupted causes tremendous agmas nefesh. It causes a lot of sadness and, and, uh, and pain when you have a vision and, and it, it can't be realized. And so understanding the power of a vision, that, a, that having a vision enables that flow to take place and then getting into that flow and, and traveling with that flow until the point of realization is, is important to appreciate and understand. Where do we learn this out of our Gemara from? So once again, we start with the, the posuk in the Torah. The posuk in, in Parashat Shoftim is before a milchemes mitzvah, before a war takes place, which is a, a war that Hashem has instructed us to fight. The police have to say to the people, if there's anybody among you, among the, the military personnel, if there's anybody who has built a home and has not yet begun to live in that new home, go back home. Because maybe you would die in the, in the war and somebody else will, 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 go and will live in your home. And then the Torah goes on and says in the short term, should say further, if anybody is afraid, you should go home. Don't fight the war with us. And don't make everybody else afraid with your fear. Uh, don't damage the morale of the army. And we see here there's an obligation on people to contribute towards morale. It's one of the things that, that, that is missing in the debate at the moment about whether to go back to the office or to work from home. It's all very well to say I'm more productive at home. I don't have the commute to worry about. That's all fine. But, but there's also a, a, a person who's part of a team has an obligation to help build the morale of the rest of the team. It's like somebody saying, I don't need to come to the shir. I'll, I'll listen to it online. It's true. You listen to it online. But there's also a responsibility to build morale, to build the tzibur. You can daven at home also, but there's a responsibility to be with a minion, not only because it's better for you, but because you contribute to the tzibur that the energy that we bring to the tzibur is part of our obligation. And if you're in the army, and you're, but your head is somewhere else, your mind is somewhere else, says the Torah, what I'm worried about is, don't damage the morale of other people because you're in a bad mood. That's rather go home, don't need you here. The reason for you to be part of the army is not just as, as a fighter, that we need one extra soldier. The reason to be part of an army is to help build the morale of the team. And if you're not going to be able to build the morale of the team, rather don't be there. So in the Gemara, we have a piece in the, in the Mishnah, in tomorrow's Gemara, where there's a machlekes Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Yossi Aglili. When it says anybody who's afraid, what does it mean? Rabbi Akiva says, Kamashmo, it means you're afraid. You're just, you have, you're, you're nervous. 
רבי יוסי הגלילי says, היראה ורח הלבב זה המתיירא מן העבירות שבידו. That's talking about a person who's afraid that he's done wrong, he's done עבירות, and he won't have סייעתא דשמיא. The Rebbeinishim won't be helping him in the war, and, and he's, he's concerned about that, that he's not morally up to it. For a מלחמת מצווה, he's not on the level to fight a מלחמת מצווה. That's what he's worried about. מחלוקת רבי עקיבא ורבי יוסי הגלילי. Now in our Gemara, the, the, the Rabbi Leza ben Yaakov says at the bottom of Mem Gimel Amud Aleph, This that the police warn us, if you've bought, bought if you've built a house, it doesn't say it says and you haven't began to live in this house. So it's talking about a specific house. What does it mean, says Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov? That means, uh, that, that means, Prat Gazlan. That if you didn't build the house yourself, but you stole the house, then you don't go back home. Then you fight the war. Mm-hmm. Ask the Gomorrah, but th- that can't be like Rabbi Yossi Aglidi, because Rabbi Yossi Aglidi said, if you're afraid of Averas, you, you, you do go home. If you stole the house, you've done, you have an Averas, of course you go home. Why do I need a special posuk to tell me, that, that if you stole the home, then you, you don't go back. Of course you go back. You go back because of, of, of the fear. No, says the Gemara. Kegon da'avad tshuva v'yavidami. We're talking about a person who, after stealing the property, did tshuva. He fasted and he davened and he went to the owner of the field and he said, I've done a terrible thing. I occupied your field. I stole your field. I stole your house. And, and I'll pay for it. Whatever the market value is, I'll pay more than the market value because I want to do tshuva. Will you forgive me? The person says, yes, I forgive you. Pay me for the property and I forgive you. So now he's done no averas because he's done tshuva. If he's done tshuva and he's got no averot, does that mean he can fight the war? Does he have to go back home? Says the Gemara, from here we learn from Lohanacho, he fights the war. Even though he's started, he's acquired this house and, and he's paid for it now. Why? Because kivan de meikara betorat gzela ateliyade lo. Because it came to him by way of theft. It's true. At the end of it, it's all sorted out. He got he did tshuva. He got forgiveness from the original owner. He paid the market price and more for the house. Everything's good and kosher. But he still does. He he still is not allowed to go home for that, even though he hasn't started living in the house. This isn't included in the din of Asher Bana Bayit Chadash Velo Chanacho. So let's go a little bit deeper into it because we're going to extrapolate an important principle from the Mishnah Lemelech. Look at the Mishnah Lemelech. The Mishnah Lemelech asks a question: Vieshli stapek i avid tshuva i mahani leshiu amayim botkimota. He links it to something we learned in the previous Masechta in Sota. In Sota, we said that if the man has done Averis, if the man has had illicit relationships with this woman, who is his wife, and he, but after he suspected her of being unfaithful, he shouldn't have had relationships with her, or with anybody else, then the, the waters of the Sota don't work. So that we, that we learn that that's exactly if there's an Avera Biyoda, if he is guilty of anything impropriety sexually, the the Soita system doesn't work. Asks the Mishnah Lamelech, what happens if he did, but he did tshuva? And the Mishnah Lamelech wants to, wants to work it out from here and say, you see from here that even though he did tshuva, they, it, 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 it isn't included in it. No, says the Mishnah Lamelech, that's very different. Because here, it, it has to be that if you do tshuva, 
even according to Rabbi Yossi Aglili, who says, if you're afraid of any Avera, you, you don't go to war. If you did the Avera and you did Tshuva, says the Mishnah Melech, of course you, you can go to war. Because if that weren't the case, who would be in the army? Somebody who's never done an Avera? That's not possible. The Gemara says there are only four people who never did an Avera. So if there's nobody who, if, if nobody, if we're talking about somebody who did an Avera, how are you in the army? It must be you did Tshuva. So it's clear that in this process of, of the concern we've got, the fear, if, if, if you're afraid you've done an Avero, but you did Shuvah, clearly then it's as if you didn't do an Avero and you go to war. That's who, the, that's who the army is made up of. The army is not made up of, of angels who never did Averas. The, 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 the army is made up of normal human beings who did Avero and have done Shuvah, says the Mishnah Lamelech. But, but by... Sota, that doesn't work. The Sota's talking about a specific Avera. It's talking only about sexual impropriety. If that's the case, it's quite clear that that's Xeras Akasu. The Torah has made a law and a decree that the Maim, the May Sota, doesn't work for somebody who's done an Avera. So you can't compare the, truth, the two. That's a beautiful Mishnah Melech. But what's important in the Mishnah Melech is it's clear from the Mishnah Melech that Tshuva completely eradicates the impression of the, of the, of the Avera. The transgression is done, but after the transgression is done, there's no, there's no, there's no impression of the avera, and that's why he has to say. So what about sotah? So sotah is gzeratakosum. Also, if you do tshuva, the impression is gone. There's just gzeratakosum. The Torah decrees that my, the mind doesn't work. That's the rules of the mind. That's how the the water of the sotah operates. It's just the principles of the sotah. But but your tshuva clearly eradicates any impression of the mitzvah of the avera. And that's why a person who's done Averot and done Shuva can go into the army. We're not worried about any, any problem because he's done Shuva. If that's the case, we've got to understand our Gemara. What does the Gemara say? That if he got the field through theft and then he did Shuva. So using the Mishnah Melech's principle that when you do Shuva, it's completely <coughs> eradicated. So... Okay, I've got the field by way of theft, but I've done tshuva, I've paid for the field. Surely it's as if I got it legitimately, and therefore I should be able to go home. I'm like an ordinary person who bought it. I got the field, I paid for the field. I don't have any avera, I've done tshuva. So now I'm just a person who acquired a field, who acquired a home, and has not yet lived in it. Surely I should go home. No, says the Gomorrah, since Beturat Gazela, I tell you, he doesn't go home. Why not? So let's go deeper into the psychology of it. Let's understand. You could just say it's Xeris HaKosov, the Torah says. But even Xeris HaKosov, the Xeris HaKatuv doesn't mean the Torah makes an irrational law. Xeris HaKatuv tells us that's how the world is designed. So let's understand how Hashem designed the world, what we're talking about here. So why is it that the person who goes into the, uh, who's bought a house and hasn't yet lived in it, why can't he go in? So let's look at the Mephoshim on the Posuk. Rashi says, It's Agmas Nefesh. It's just terribly distressing for a person to have acquired a home and hasn't gone to live in the hasn't moved in yet, hasn't lived in the home yet, hasn't put a mezuzah on the home yet. It's terrible Agmat Nefesh. And the Rambam says, maybe we'll have a chance to see the Rambam tomorrow. The Rambam says in Hilchas Malochim, explains how present you have to be in the war. 
how your mind has to be on the war, but, but not just on the war, on Hashem, on your trust in Hashem, on your belief in the, in the cause of the war that Hashem has instructed you to fight. We're only talking about Milchemet Mitzvah, where Hashem has instructed you to fight. You can't have that focus and that concentration. We talked the other day about, about focus and concentration and being present. You can't have that if your mind is on this house that you've bought and you haven't moved into yet. It's an Agmas Nefesh. But the Ibn Ezra goes, goes a little further and says, we're not worried about your own personal Agmas Nefesh. We're worried that because your taiva, your desire, your passion is to live into your house, to move into your house, and you haven't done that yet, we're worried that you'll flee, you'll run away from the battle, and you'll damage the morale of others. And the Chizkuni explains the Ibn Ezra further and says, because a person has a passion, a drive to finish something you've begun. When you have a vision of something and you've planned it and you've put the pieces in place and you've executed, all that remains now is to realize the vision, to move into the house. It, it's terrible. Not that, so that's your passion is for that. And to get interrupted in that process is a terrible thing. Okay, so, so we get it. So why is it different for the person who stole the house and did tshuva and paid for the house? He also has a passion to move in. So what do we see as an important principle? When a thing just comes to you because of opportunity, you found the opportunity to steal a house, so you moved in. That's very different from when you decide, I want a house, but I've got no money for a house. So let me look around and find properties that are within my budget. And then I find a property and then I start working and I start saving money. And I do deny myself various different things so that I can save the money to invest the money. And then I find the house and I negotiate the price and I invest into the house and I acquire and I take transfer on the house. This takes months and months, sometimes years of planning. Now you deprive me of the opportunity to move in. That's a terrible thing because that's the nature of a vision, a vision is translated into planning. And planning is translated into execution. And only after the execution comes the realization, after all that effort has been invested into the idea, if the idea is not realized, it's, there's terrible suffering. We see that with Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe had a vision of going into Eretz Yisrael. At the end of the day, he gets close to Eretz Yisrael, but not in. What's missing? He doesn't move in. He's got the vision. He's acquired the home for, for, for Bnei Yisrael, but he hasn't moved in. That's a terrible deprivation for people to have the vision, to plan, to execute, and not actually move in. But when it's opportunistic, you just came across it. You don't, you don't have that energy. That process is completely different. You're a trader. So you, you, you notice an opportunity. You try and go for the opportunity. It doesn't work out. Okay, so it doesn't work out. You move on to the next one. You're not emotionally invested. That's, that's the advantage of being a trader. You're not emotionally invested. The advantage of being an entrepreneur is you are emotionally invested. And that power of emotional investment drives you through the planning and execution into the ultimate realization. And so it is with, with you know, even, even with children, you can just give them things and then it's like an opportunity. They get it. It's like gazela in a way. They just get it because they feel entitled. Or you can take them through a process. We're going to go on a vacation. It's going to be in a year's time. We've got to start planning for it. We've got to start saving for it. Where do we want to go? You build up that energy of taking a vision envisioning it, planning for it, executing and realizing it. That's one of the beauties of, of life is, is to be able to do that, uh, something that, that, that you don't otherwise. So we see here this difference between somebody who came across the house through 
opportunity, even though later he paid for it. But he, it, it, wasn't in, it wasn't a vision. It wasn't something he created in his mind. It's an opportunity that came. There, there, there's not Agnes Nefesh. We're not worried that his mind is going to be on occupying the house. It was an opportunity. Opportunity hasn't come yet. Fine, you'll find another opportunity. But somebody who's put a lot of effort into the envisioning, the planning, and the execution, you can't tell them it doesn't matter, you'll find something else. You want to have the opportunity to take your vision and to realize it. <laughs>